your Bibles this evening to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And uh, before I really dive into the message, let me talk about one more announcement I didn't mention earlier. And uh, that's the insert that you found in your bulletin tonight. And a lot of times we've got to be real sneaky with those, but they're out of town tonight, so a little more free with it. But that is for pastor appreciation. And this year we're trying to do it a little earlier. If you think about what we typically do, it's in November, oftentimes late November, and I don't really know why we did that. I have no idea. Clergy Appreciation Month is actually October, and so for whatever reason, we did it, did it in November a lot. I think they had to do something with the missions conference or something. I don't know, but this year, our goal is to do it October 7th, okay? That's a Sunday, and that's going to be a big day. We want to show our appreciation to our pastor, and I sure hope you appreciate your pastor. You realize what we have here at CBT and are blessed by it. And we need to show our appreciation to him. And there's a number of ways you can do that. Of course, notes and letters are such a blessing to him. He loves that. And uh, that's always a good thing. We'll have different things you can do as you get closer to it. We might, you know, we've done different things in the past. We've done videos and picture collages. And perhaps you can get involved in stuff like that. Also, that night after the service, we will have a fellowship dinner down here at our fellowship hall. And we'll ask you to bring a side dish, something like that. Kind of a potluck thing. We'll all get together on that. So please do that. But then also we're asking you simply to make a donation just to our pastor. And we're going to begin a fund. You can uh, give that to me or to Mrs. Johnson. And uh, we're asking you to just kind of step in and do something. And I think I, I, I know I shared this with you last year. Our goal is to make some, do something really big on his 20th anniversary. Okay, just this past year we celebrated his, the 18th anniversary. So next year will be 19. Then in 2014 it will be his 20th anniversary. And that is an extremely rare thing. I mean, you don't see pastors who stick around for 20 years. I mean, pastors are in and out continually these days. But our pastor loves us. He loves this church. He has a passion for it. And we're so thankful for that. And when, when he gets to 20 years, we want to do something really big. So what we did is starting last year, we started to set aside some money. And uh, last year, I think it's about four or $500 we set aside. And uh, we're going to keep doing that. Our, one thought we had, something I, I know he would love, is to pay for him and his wife to take a trip to Israel. And uh, be able to see all the holy areas. Now, by then, World War III will probably be in full swing, and that won't happen. But we want to just raise as much money as we can. Maybe we can send them off somewhere else, Alaska or something amazing. And uh, I think Israel would be great, but if, if that's a hot spot in 2014, that might not work out so well. And so, please give. And if I could just be honest with you, uh, I was a little disappointed last year in the giving. Let's just face it, um, really, the, the, it was down from the year before, and two years before, and three years before, and I know we can do better. I know we can. When you think of how much our pastor sacrifices and gives to us on a continual basis, he gives of himself, and uh, he's not a guy who cares about money. And you know, Personally, he's, he's all about the church and the, and the work of God moving forward, and so please, I encourage you. Give and uh, just simply give to this, and uh, we'll give you some more reminders as we get closer to it. But just wanted to encourage you about that a little bit. And let's look at First Thessalonians five and get into our message tonight. It's basically what I just talked about. All right, First Thessalonians five twelve. It says, "We beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you." Verse thirteen, and to esteem them very highly in love for their works' sake. And there, clearly, it's talking about leadership in the church. It talks about those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. And that is very specifically talking about an under-shepherd and talking about a pastor. And that's what I want to talk to you about tonight. When it says there in verse 12, it says, to know them which labor among you. When it says to know, 
What that means is to acknowledge and esteem. Obviously, the word know is used in a number of different ways in the Bible, but here it's acknowledge and esteem. I simply want to talk to you tonight about how you can help your pastor, how to help your pastor. I want to give you a number of very simple, practical things. This message is a little different. It's uh, very practical, very direct things that we can do at this church to help our pastor. And uh, now listen, he didn't ask me to preach this and he he doesn't know I'm preaching this and he didn't give me a list of things and this didn't come because, you know, I've been spending time talking to him and these are some frustrations that he had that I want to yell at you about. It has nothing to do with that. These are just some things I've observed in the ministry, some things that I believe are right out of the Bible that I think can be a help to us as church members to help our pastor. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. I pray that you help us, Lord, to learn something tonight. Speak to our hearts. Help us right now to open up our hearts and be willing to receive whatever it is you have for us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, point number one. Donate $1 million to the church. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry. That was something pastor slipped in there. That was the first thing he wanted me to say, but that's not really what I'm talking about tonight. But if you would happen to have a $1 million laying around or you find it, and you would like to donate that to the building fund, that would be a huge, huge blessing. So you think about that. But let's get into it. Number one, show loyalty. All right, number one, show loyalty to your pastor. If you want to help your pastor, first point I have tonight is simply to show loyalty. And I have a number of different areas, ways that we can show loyalty. Number one is simply we can show our loyalty through our attendance, through our attendance, simply by being here at Community Baptist Temple. If you want to be loyal to your pastor, simply be here. You know, the quickest way to get disgruntled, to get frustrated or disloyal to the pastor is to simply skip. To simply skip out on church. And I've seen it time and time again. People are frustrated and and they're angry about what's going on here at, at CBT or at other churches. And they don't like what's going on. And the reason that happens so oftentimes is because they're not here. They're simply not here. They're not being fed from the pulpit. They're not being fed spiritually. They're not getting to hear what's going on here at CBT. And then they're on the outside. They're on the sidelines and they get disgruntled. They're not here. Listen, if you want to be loyal to your pastor, the biggest way you can do it is simply by showing up. Man, if you want to hear your pastor's heart, you understand how much he loves you and cares about you, you need to listen to his preaching. You need to be here when the preaching is going on. Listen, the devil wants nothing more than to isolate you. Man, if you think about a, uh, a herd of antelope or wildebeest out on the, the great plains of Africa, they, what do they have to fear more than anything else? They have to fear a lion. A lion coming and take, snatching one of them away. But where's that lion going to find them? What he's looking for is he's looking for that little antelope that strays away from the herd. Man, he's not going to attack an entire herd of even antelope. Oh, they're, they're not nearly as strong or powerful as a lion individually, but together they can resist a lion. It's the same way in this church. You know, if the devil's going to pick on one of us, if the devil's going to find one of us and attack us, he's going to look for the one that's been slipping away, that's been going to the sideline, that hasn't been here in their place. Let me encourage you, first of all, be in your place. And uh, We put out all those door hangers this last week right on the front of them. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together. Be in church. Be in God's house. Man, you want to help your pastor? Be here. Let him see you every single service. Every time there's something special going on, let him look out in the auditorium here and see your face. That'll be a huge help to him. Number two, second way we can show loyalty is in our prayer life. In our prayer life. Count on it. Your pastor is praying for you. And this church has grown quite a bit over the last two decades. It's much larger than it was. His ability to pray for us is different now, but I guarantee you he is praying for you. He is lifting you up to the Lord in prayer and 
Man, as, as church, people, church people here at CBT, we need to be doing the same for him. We need to be lifting him up. Going before the throne of God and asking God to protect our pastor. And I'm thankful for the pastoral prayer team that we have here. Listen, our pastor needs that. Our pastor needs that. He absolutely needs it. You say, oh, is he struggling? Does he have certain areas in his life that are a problem? Listen, he needs that. He needs us to be praying for him. Not for any particular purpose or reason, but simply he needs our prayers. He is our pastor. And without a doubt, pastor would love, or the devil would love to lead him astray. He's human. He's tempted as much as any one of us. Oftentimes more so because the devil likes to throw a few extra tricks and traps in the way of a pastor because he knows the pastor's influence. Let me ask you, what have you done recently to hold up our pastor in prayer? What have you done recently? Have you prayed for him recently? Have you prayed for him today? Have you prayed for him this week? Have you been going before the throne of God and saying, Lord, watch over our pastor? Have you been praying for him recently? It's essential that you are lifting up our pastor in prayer. He needs that protection. And number three, number three, as we work to show loyalty to our, our pastor and we need to communicate our communication with others. We can show loyalty in our communication with others. And uh, I want you to, to watch this one closely. Psalm 1914 says, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Let the words of, my, of our mouths be acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Man, we need that so desperately. We need to be so careful in what we say and the words that we use, especially when we're talking to others. And in this area, we're talking about showing loyalty to our pastor, helping our pastor. I, I want to I demonstrate this for you. Let me, um, let me have Andrew come on up. This really, seriously, is Andrew's last service here. That was a joke the other day. Come on over here, Andrew. Right over on this side. You can walk around behind me here. And uh, I just want to kind of walk you through some levels here. Okay, Andrew, of course, is a disgruntled church member, and he's been having some problems, and that's why it's his last service, you know, hello, and uh, he's out, and so he's been having some problems, bad attitude a little bit, and so he comes to me, okay, and let's say, uh, I could be anybody in the, in the church, just a, a regular member, I uh, maybe a, a leader of something, and, and so he comes to me, and, and he simply, I want you to say, pastor's mean, Pastor is mean. Pastor's mean. And a pastor has done something in Andrew's mind. Perhaps a, in a message he said something Andrew didn't like or he didn't shake Andrew's hand, uh, you know, and, or, or he, he seems to have ignored him. And so he's upset. And so then what do I do? Okay? Andrew, he's already disgruntled. He's messed up. And so the question is, what would I do as a church member? How can I show my loyalty? Well, let's take you through some levels, okay? Real practical stuff here. And so, uh, first of all, I could simply say this. I'll say I know what you mean. I agree completely. It's so frustrating. Why can't he get his act together? That's all he does. Is he says stuff and he spouts off from the pulpit. He ignores us constantly. Doesn't care about the church people. Now, that'd be a horrible thing to do, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be awful? If we as, as church members, I mean, there are, there are always going to be those who get a bad attitude about something. And if I just jumped right in there with them, what, what, what have I done just there? I have taken his side. I have listened to his gossip. I have agreed with his disloyalty, tearing down the God-given authority and position of the pastor. I better be very careful about that. If you look in, in, in uh, Second Kings, you think about uh, Elisha was criticized, and a bear came, a she-bear came, and ate dozens of teenagers just destroyed them, killed them all, simply because they dared to speak to, against, to criticize and defame the man of God. You better be very, very careful about that. Okay, but let's say, okay, obviously, I hope on a Wednesday night crowd, there's not any of us here who would dare to do such a thing. So let's take it up a, a little level. And so, uh, once again, Andrew comes to me. Pastor is mean. 
I know what you mean. I know what you mean. But listen, listen, Andrew, you, you don't need to get so upset about it. You don't need to get so frustrated. Listen, he's just a man like any one of us. And he's going to struggle sometimes. And you just need to understand your problem is you're lifting up the man too high. You need to instead focus on the Lord. Now, maybe we could say that's a little better there. If I said that, I mean, what have I done here? I, I didn't take his side, did I? I didn't take his side. I, I, I didn't agree with him or, or say or, or, or further what he was saying. But I didn't take his side. But I did listen to the gossip, didn't I? I somewhat agreed with the disloyalty, once again, tearing down the God-given authority and position of the pastor. Oh, you can say, well, I didn't agree with them. I didn't you know, contribute my own disloyalty or my own frustration, but... I sure did listen to it, and I sort of uh, sneakily kind of went around a little bit, didn't I? All right, so we can all agree that's also bad, right? Okay, so number three. Let's look at this, okay? Go ahead. Pastor is mean. What? Our pastor? Our pastor? I'm shocked. I would never think that our pastor would just come sit with me right here. Sit with me, please, please. You mean our pastor was actually rude? Please, tell me everything. <laughs> he didn't shake my hand. <laughs> And so, once again now, I, I was shocked, wasn't I? I was absolutely stunned at what he said, and I, I didn't agree with it. I, 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 I surely must have thought that was a mistake, but I wanted to listen to it, didn't I? I wanted to listen to every bit of it. And then you know what I would have done in that, in that, in that case? After he finished, I would have gone and told everybody, wouldn't I have? I would have spread that gossip everywhere. Now listen, what happened there? Now, I didn't take their side, did I? I didn't take their side, I just wanted to help them. But by doing so, once again, I listened to the gossip. I spread the gossip. Maybe I didn't agree with what they said, but I did still further their disloyalty. I tore down the God-given authority and position of the pastor. And what's worse, I then spread that everywhere. That's a terrible thing. What about this, though? What if I listened to all of that, but I didn't go and tell everybody. Instead, I just went to the pastor and reported to him. Would that be okay? I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe I didn't go around and tell everybody, which would be an awful thing, but I, I still listened to the gossip, didn't I? Maybe I didn't agree with them, but I still furthered their disloyalty, which is still tearing down the God-given authority and position of the pastor. It's still happening, isn't it? We're getting closer, but we're still not there. Let's give another one, okay? You say the same thing every time. I don't understand. But now, now I say, whoa, 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 whoa. No, he's not. He's not mean. I remember the time when he came and visited my family when we were in the hospital. I remember the time where I know he loves me because he loves my kids. And he's so caring and gentle and loving to my kids. Surely you can't be right about that. Let me, in fact, let's sit down here and let me explain to me what happened. But then I'm going to explain to you in detail where you went wrong. I'm going to help you understand how you must have misunderstood this whole situation. I'm going to explain to you exactly what happened. But first, tell me so I can fix you. He didn't shake my hand. Same thing again. Now, now listen, now we're getting closer, aren't we? But listen, you're still not there yet. Do you understand? You're still not there. Okay, you didn't take their side, but you still listened to the gossip. You still listened to it. You still, okay, fine. You didn't agree with it. You didn't further the disloyalty, but you're still tearing down the God-given authority and position of the pastor. You know what you have done in that case? Oh, you didn't agree and you tried to help them. But what you have done is you have let somebody know that they have a safe place to come with their gossip. Let me ask you. Do people feel like they can come to you and share their concerns about the pastor? If so, that's wrong. Because you are listening 
to gossip. You understand that? You, there should not be a safe place in this church. You say, well, I just like to help people. I minister to people and I want people to understand they can always come to me and share their concerns. Not about the pastor. Why in the world would you be a safe haven for someone to share their gossip with? That's wrong. What does it say in, in Proverbs chapter 16? And, and verse, or I'm sorry, Proverbs 26 verse 20. It says, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. So where there is no talebearer, the strife ceaseth. Do you understand the analogy? You cannot have fire without wood. But what do we do sometimes is we keep providing more and more wood and letting that fire burn. Or we say, oh, I'm trying to help. I'm trying to be a blessing. I'm trying to fix the situation. No, you're not. You're listening to gossip. you understand that? Now listen, I understand sometimes you don't really have a choice. Somebody may just come up to you and before you have a chance to say or stop anything, they, they might just like blurt it out. You understand that? And if that, if, if Andrew would just come up to me and say, I really hate it that we're moving to the carousel. I think it's a waste. I may not be able to stop him. Go ahead, say it. I think that it's a waste to move the carousel because I hate it. And <laughs> he almost got it right. And so he just blurts that out, right? Well, what, you know, I already heard it then. Now there's a good time to, to take him aside and maybe explain a few things and share with him where, we, you know, he's wrong on that, how we need to follow the vision of the pastor. We need to follow our pastor and believe in our pastor. Hey, that's a great thing to do. I think you should do that because you're defending your pastor. But don't ever be a safe haven for somebody. Don't ever be a safe haven for gossip. That is sin. Okay, let's try this one more time. Pastor is a mean Stop person. right there. I don't want to hear it. Please. I love you, but do not share with me your gospel about pastor. If you have a problem with pastor, you have a situation, you need to go talk to him directly, not talk to me. That's it. That's it. You know what I've done there? I've, I've let this person know, don't ever come to me with your gossip. I will not listen to it. I will not be a part of it. If you have, a, if you have another problem in life, maybe I can help you with it. I want to be a blessing to you, but I will not listen to gossip. You understand? Thank you, Andrew. You did a terrible job. And so, just what I wanted. Now listen, it's, it's pretty simple. You have to stop it right there. You can't listen to it. You can't have any part of it whatsoever. Now, uh, let's be honest. This should apply to everyone, okay? It, it really, it should. It should apply to me, and it should apply to Brother Kavanaugh. It should apply to other leaders here in our church. And it should apply oftentimes to parents who are dealing with young people, teenagers. It should always apply. When you're dealing with authority, you can't listen to gossip. What does pastor always say? Don't listen if you're not part of the solution. Don't share it with people who are not part of the solution. If somebody comes to me to complain about the pastor, how am I a part of the solution? If I sit there and listen to it in any way, it's gossip. It's absolute gossip. Be very, very careful about that. Be very, very careful in your communication. Listen, when you criticize an authority figure or... You allow criticism to go on. You are destroying that authority figure in that person's life. Do you understand that? Do you really want somebody to come to you and then you sit down and you listen to them and you listen to that gossip on and on? You know what you're doing? You are belittling and lowering the pastor in their eyes. And later on, when they really need help and they're really going through a horrible time in their life and the one person they need more than anybody else is their pastor, they may not turn to him because you have destroyed him in their eyes. Listen to me. This, again, this applies to a lot of things. I, I try to be very careful when I, I'm dealing with teenagers. And this is something I, I've learned over the years. Uh, be very careful. Uh, some teenagers come to me and they have awful things to say about their parents. But if all I do to them is criticize their parents to them, 
And I say, oh, yeah, you're absolutely, I can't believe your parents are doing that. That's awful. That's terrible. And I just go on and on. I listen to that. And what have I done? I'm lowering their own parents in their eyes. Their parents that God allowed them to be born to, to be raised by. That's a terrible thing. We need to be very, very careful about that. Uh, sometimes it's not even the words we use. Sometimes our own body language speaks volumes, doesn't it? Sometimes our body language, and, and oh, without saying a word, we can still communicate so much. Be very, very careful about that. Be careful about our communication. And, and listen, I, I'm thankful for our church. I, I've seen and been a part of ministries in the past that have struggled with this much more so than ours. Our pastor has a way of avoiding these things because he's not one to, to, to deal with drama. I mean, he's just able to get past it continually because he's very wise. And I'm thankful for that. And our church has been characterized. You folks are great. I, I, pastor and I don't sit around all day talking about terrible things going on at the church and worrying about gossip. We don't worry about those things. But let's keep that up. Let's keep that spirit alive. Be sure to understand don't ever be someone that people can go to to gossip about. Don't help them with their gossip. Don't further their gossip. And don't even listen to their gossip. Now, what about this? Let's, as we continue, we're continuing to show loyalty. Number four, what about simply sharing a concern? Let me ask you, do you honestly think that you can stay in a church year after year after year and always agree with everything that's going on? I mean, always agree with everything that is preached and never have a problem? Of course not. Man, sometimes I don't preach very often. Sometimes I don't even agree with what I say. I mean, I, I think about it afterwards and I think, man, what in the world? Where was I going with that? I mean, that doesn't even make sense. And, uh, you know, uh, that's going to happen sometimes. You're going to have a concern and a problem. What do you do when that happens? I think there are some things we all know we should not do. We should not post it on Facebook and we should not talk to all our friends about it. We shouldn't, uh, you know, make a number of phone calls sharing our concerns. And we, we sh- certainly shouldn't talk about it at the dinner table with our children there. I mean, there are a lot of things we should not do. But sometimes you may have a serious concern. It may concern our pastor. You may be very concerned about something. Let me give you four things or, or three things. First of all, three questions you need to ask yourself, okay? If you have a concern, I mean, you're really upset about something that happened, something that was said, something that went on. First of all, ask yourself this. Say, how important is this really? How important is it really? Sometimes we blow things up in our mind, don't we? And we just blow it up. And we think, this is so huge, man. I don't know what, this is unbelievable. I got to do something. Is it really that important? You know, a lot of times in life, the best thing to do when we have a problem is just to let it go. Just let it go. It's not a big deal. I mean, listen, I mean, uh, you know, you think about this is such a big deal. But really, I mean, did, did Pastor deny the virgin birth from the pulpit? I mean, did he stand up here and, and say there's no blood atonement? Did he, you know, run down the King James Version of the Bible? I mean, no. You really think about it some more and you realize, oh, maybe it wasn't that big a deal. And maybe you can just let it go. Number two, a second question to ask yourself, am I overly emotional for another reason? Think about it. You have a terrible day at work. You know, you almost get fired. And the boss says, man, I don't know. You may not make it through the rest of this week. And then you go to church. And after church, you're like, I'm just so upset at the pastor. He said some awful things. Maybe you're really more upset about what happened at work. And you're letting that get to you emotionally. Maybe you had a fight with your spouse on the way to church. You know, of course, that would have never happened to me. But maybe it's happened to you in, in your life. And, and, or maybe something's going on. You're having a bad day. You're sick. There's some other reason why you're upset about something. And you're projecting that onto your frustration. Don't rush out. Don't, don't rush in and say something. Number three, simply this. Uh, do you uh, 
or, or are there alternative explanations for what just happened? You understand that? I mean, there may have been some reason. And you think, oh, seems like the pastor neglected me. Seems like the pastor doesn't care about me. Well, think about it. Maybe there are, there's a good reason why something happened that day. Maybe there's a certain reason why it happened. Search for the best. Don't immediately assume the worst. Before you get all upset about something, search for the, the, the best alternative before you assume the worst. But let's say there is something. You just can't get over it. You don't know. You just can't. You can't get past it. And listen to me. I firmly believe this in my life. If you're upset about something, you have two options. One is to get over it. Or number two is to address it with that person. That's it. There are no other alternatives. All right? Now, some people in here, you're very good at getting over things. I think that describes me. I get over things, almost everything, just like that. I just get past it. I'll get upset. 30 seconds later, you know, I'm like, why am I upset again? I don't even remember, you know? That's just how I am emotionally. But many people aren't that way. They struggle, and they just, they, they hold things in. Listen, there's no other alternative. Either you let it go, or you go to the person that offended you. That's it. There's only two options in the Bible. I don't see any other option. I see no option C that says stay bitter for 10 years. I see no option D that says just ignore that person and don't talk to them ever again. Those are not options. It's get over it or talk to the person. It's that simple. And perhaps you get to that point where you feel like you need to. Uh, Listen, go and talk to the pastor. That's it. Just go and talk to the pastor. Make it happen. Listen, you have a responsibility to. Matthew chapter 18, Jesus addresses this question. And he says, go and tell him his fault between him and thee alone. It says, if thy brother offend thee, go and tell him his fault between him and thee alone. I don't see Facebook in that verse, okay? I don't see it anywhere. Uh, I, I don't see gossip in that verse. I don't see uh, phone conversations. I don't see talking to all your buddies. It's not in that verse. It's between him and thee alone. Listen, if you ever have a, a major problem, you talk to your pastor. Just talk to him. He would love to talk to you. Don't be intimidated. Don't think, oh, he would never talk to me. He would just ignore me. No, he wouldn't. He would talk to you. Now, listen, you can't just assume, you know, you walk by him. Pastor, I want to meet with you soon. And then six weeks later, he never met with me. Well, you can't. If you're really upset about it, you need to make it happen. Call the office and set an appointment. You understand that? Say, talk to him. Say, Pastor, I really would like to talk to you soon. And that's it. He's going to tell you to call the office. It's very simple. But if you have a problem, you just need to address it. Share your concern with him, not with everybody else in your life, with the pastor. He'll be happy to talk to you. That's showing loyalty. Listen to me. Pastor Donald does not want people in this church frustrated and angry with him all the time. If you have a problem, you need to talk to him. It's very simple. That's showing loyalty. That's helping your pastor. Number five is we're seeking to show loyalty and help our pastor. We need to get on board. Simply get on board. I'm, I'm telling you, you need to just support what's going on here at CBT. You call this church your home? You want to be a part of this church family? Support what's going on here. Why would you want to be a part of a church you don't support? There's so much going on. I encourage you, support it enthusiastically. Enthusiastically. I I love it when I see posts on Facebook and Twitter excited about big events here at church. I love to see that. People liking or reposting things that are put on the church website of the Youth for Christ. That, That shows people in our church who are excited about what's going on. That's what you need to do. Man, you want to show loyalty? Just get on board with what's happening here at CBT. Get on board with what the Lord is doing. I understand that you cannot do everything. But you can support everything. You understand that? You can't be at every single event. You can't volunteer for every single thing that goes on here. But you can support everything. 
Man, I appreciate so much those guys who over the last few months have gone over and worked at the carousel with us. Man, that's an awesome thing. A really awesome thing. So many of you just jumped in and got a hold of that thing and just over there as much as you possibly could. Man, you were over there and, man, it, it's not easy over there at the carousel, especially in the summer when it gets really hot. I mean, it is tough over there. I mean, you're swinging a sledgehammer and you're, you're wielding a crowbar and you're trying to dig up carpet, which won't ever come up, apparently. And uh, you're trying to break up cement and it's just hard, back-breaking work. But you know what? When you're doing that, man, you're a part of things. I understand not every guy was able to be there. Some of you maybe weren't even around that as much back then. Some of you had to work, and some of you had other things. But I appreciate those that when they could be there, they were there. You know, that's getting on board with what's going on here at CBT. That's telling our pastor, I love this church, and I'm behind you 100%. I want to see, be a part of what's going on. i, I got to tell you, maybe it's a, a little bit of a secret, but as hard as that work was over at the carousel, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Man, I loved hanging out with the guys and being over there. Man, I loved it. We had so much fun together. We fellowshiped together. And be honest, if you were there, you enjoyed it. There was a part of you that enjoyed it. Maybe you didn't enjoy it the next day. And uh, maybe when you couldn't get out of bed the next morning and you couldn't touch your toes for two weeks, you didn't enjoy it so much. But when you were there hanging out with the fellas, eating pizza, eating cheeseburgers, man, it was fun. Because not only were you enjoying the fellowship, but you were a part of something awesome. That's what this church is. That's what this church can do for you. When you get on board with what's going on, man, I appreciate so much those of you who give financially and sacrifice. I appreciate so many who sacrifice to be a part of big things like Vacation Bible School. Again, Vacation Bible School, a long week, and it wasn't a cool week either. It was hot, and there was so many kids that came through, so much work that needed to be done. But man, if you got involved in it, it was a great thing, wasn't it? What a blessing to be a part of something like that. That's getting on board with what's going on here. And we got the tent meeting next week. we got the youth rally coming up. So many other events. When you can get on board with things and just be a part of it as much as you can, man, what a, what a help and a blessing that will be to your pastor just to see you being a part of it. So loyalty, that's our, my first main point tonight, showing loyalty through attendance, through prayer life, through communication, our communication with others, by sharing concerns when needed and simply getting on board with what's going on. But number two, this is a little quicker, Lord willing. Number two, seeking, seek a connection. Seek a connection. You want to help your pastor? Seek a connection. Number one, these are very simple things. Greet your pastor. Greet your pastor. Do your best to seek him out after the service. Uh, typically after the service is best. But do your best to seek him out to say hello. Maybe not every service, but on a regular basis. And, and, and let me say this. I, I don't know that it's ever happened here. It may have, uh, you know. But I know it's happened other places where people seriously get upset because the pastor doesn't shake their hand. Seriously gets up, people seriously get upset because the pastor doesn't go out of their way to talk to them. Let me ask you this. How would you like it if people got upset if you didn't shake every single person's hand in this room? How would you like that? Would that you know, and people walk away, well, I can't believe it. I can't believe they didn't come and shake my hand. I'm shocked. I mean, really? I mean, there's two or three hundred people in here, sometimes four hundred on a Sunday morning. And really, like, we're supposed to go around, how would you like it? Every time you're like, I gotta check everyone's hand, run, 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 run. You'd never make it, would you? Instead, we can, as people, we can seek him out. That's a little easier, isn't it? And when you're the pastor, it's a different situation. Seek him out and say, man, the preacher, I just want to say hi. Just want to let you know I love you. Just wanted to shake your hand a little bit. I mean, seek him out. That's greeting your pastor. Number one. Number two, this is a big one. Train your family to love him. Train your family to love him. When you have children, train them to love him. Let your kids know that their pastor is their friend. 
I was just talking with somebody the other day, and uh, they were talking about their little three or four year old daughter, and, and they said, yeah, they were asking me the other day, uh, who's that man who's always giving me hugs and telling me he loves me? Let's face it, we know who that is, isn't it? We know exactly who that is in this church. That's our pastor. That's what he does. Man, your kids have a great opportunity to be a part of a church where their pastor, there's no question about it, he loves them. He passionately loves and cares for them. So sweet to see him, the way he treats these young, these, these young children all the time. I'm so thankful my four children are grow up in a church where there's no question their pastor loves them. Man, take them to their pastor to show them some news or share a special event. Just recently, I made sure Lucas went to pastor when he lost his first tooth. That was a big deal. And pastor, that was a big deal to him too. He genuinely was excited that my six-year-old son lost his first tooth. That is awesome. Take advantage of those things. Train your children. Make sure your family knows their pastor loves and prays for them. Number three, as we seek a connection with our pastor, keep him informed. Keep him informed. Listen, your pastor wants to know. He wants to know if a church member is in the hospital or has surgery coming up or needs special prayer. Now, don't be foolish about this, okay? Pastor probably doesn't care as much about your cat and, you know, her bowel problems, okay? Really, he doesn't care quite as much, okay? Maybe slip him just a little note that sometime. You don't need to call him. You don't need to, you know, uh, go visit him at his house to, 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 to let him know about that. But listen, it's not a bother to the pastor to make a hospital visit. It's a privilege. You understand that? You know, he's in the ministry because he loves people and he cares about people and God has called him. That's his responsibility as an under-shepherd. Our pastor takes it very seriously. Throughout the week, several times a week, he gets an updated hospital list, letting him know exactly who's in the hospital and letting him know who's recovering and letting him know who has an upcoming surgery, letting him know who our shut-ins here are here in our church so he can pray for them and he can visit them and he can reach out to them. He takes it very seriously. Just last week, he talked to Brother Kavanaugh and I about some changes and some things that he needed to do to update and make sure things were just happening just as smoothly as possible with those things. Man, he takes it very seriously. Let him know when those things are coming up. Even special events and activities. He may not always know when there's a birthday or an anniversary. Well, maybe he does know. He seems to be pretty good at that. But he may not always know every single thing that goes on. I know we, we get notes and letters continually from him, but, and that's because he cares about us. And, but he may not always know when something's coming up. He likes to be there for activities and special events. He'd be at every one if he could, but that's impossible. In church this size, he can't do everything, but... He still would like to know about them. Maybe he can't be there for one of them, but he'd like to know about it. And that'll help him as he prays for us to know what's going on in our lives. Keep your pastor informed of what's going on. And number four, as we seek a connection, never forget the pastor's family, his wife and his children. Love them, protect them, believe in them. Uh, Pastors' families and children are under pressure that we can't necessarily understand. It's different for them. There's a fishbowl effect our pastor has done very well. Our church has done very well in, in helping them with that, letting them be themselves. But listen, reach out to them. Well, it's a blessing when I see people in our church who make a special effort to reach out to the pastor's kids or make a special effort to reach out to the pastor's wife. That is necessary. Keep it up. Keep doing those things. They're a blessing. Never forget the pastor's family. And number five, and lastly, as we seek a connection, simply special occasions. Remember the pastor's birthday if you can. Remember Pastor and Sherry's anniversary. Those things are important. Pastor, he may not always know when it is or care in any way, uh, at least about his birthday. I think he cares a little bit about Miss Sherry's anniversary, I guess. But he may not always remember those things, but it's important if you do it. It's important if you reach out and remember those things. That will help you as you seek a connection with your pastor. 
Listen, it's a great thing when you can feel connected with your pastor, isn't it? And we need to do our part to reach out to him. So, first of all, we talked about showing loyalty. Number two, seeking a connection. Number three, simply stay right. Simply stay right. Do you really, really want to help your pastor? Do you really want to help your pastor? You know what he wants more than anything else? He wants to see your family succeed. That's what he wants. He wants to watch you, no matter who you are, young, old, whether you're, you're single, you're married, whether you're divorced, whoever you are, he wants to see you and watch you grow in grace. That's what he wants. More than anything else, he wants to see you week after week and month after month and year after year draw closer to God, not, not further from God. He wants to see you walk more closely with him every day. He wants to see you doing great things for God. He wants to see you raise your children. In, the, in God's word. and Raise your children here in this ministry. and Do everything you can to reach others around you with the gospel. And continue to do better and better each and every year. If there's anything else in the ministry that pastor would want, that's what he wants. You say, oh, he'd love to, man, get over to that carousel and someday expand even further. And, and he'd love to see uh, Community Baptist Temple have a, even more of a worldwide outreach. He'd lo- Those things are all great, but more than anything else, it's an individual thing. He wants to see you as the people of Community Baptist Temple succeed in the Christian life. That's what he wants. Man, he wants to see you and know that you're reading your Bible and you're staying close to God and you're doing everything you can to live a separated and a righteous lifestyle in this world as he sees everyone across this country fall apart and sees their families just just rotting from the inside and he sees society becoming more and more corrupt and wicked. Boy, what a wonderful blessing it would be to him to see your family be different. See, your family will be different year after year, and no matter what, to watch you put down roots that just stay and, and, and don't waver, and you're just steadfast in your testimony, and you're just doing better and better all the time. That's what pastor wants more than anything else in the world. You want to help your pastor? Stay right. Just stay right. That's all it is. Conversely, you think about the worst possible thing that can happen to pastor. You say, well, it'd, it'd probably be, you know, if our church maybe started struggling financially. Well, that'd be bad, but that wouldn't be the worst thing. You say, well, what if these buildings all burned down? Well, that would be a blessing from God, but uh, forget that, you know. But, you know, what if, what if, you know, the government started persecuting our churches and we weren't able to have a bus ministry and he wasn't able to preach without being thrown in jail? And, well, that, those things would be difficult, but that wouldn't be the worst thing. You say, well, what if some terrible health problem came? Well, that'd be bad. That would slow him down, but that wouldn't be the worst thing. What if some terrible tragedy came over our church? Well, that'd be a terrible thing, but it wouldn't be the worst thing. The worst thing would be to see you as a family fall away from God. You want to know what breaks pastor's heart? It's watching families, and we've seen it too, who begin to struggle, who begin to stray away from God, who at one point were steadfast and sure, and were living for God and doing what's right, but now it's 2012 and they're struggling. Now it's 2012, they don't seem to care anymore. Now it's 2012, and the things that used to be so important to them aren't nearly as important anymore, and they find themselves drifting closer and closer to the world. The pastor wants nothing more to see you young people grow up and begin a family of your own and get married to someone amazing, someone godly that can help you so much, and begin to raise your own children, but... And any time he sees a teenager slip away, it breaks his heart. That's the worst thing you can ever do to your pastor. 
By far, the worst thing you could ever do is to allow yourself to begin to struggle spiritually, to allow yourself to, be able to begin to slip in your Christian life. Man, if next week we finally got up a little more carpet in the carousel, we found a patch of mold, and it turns out there was mold throughout the entire building, and the whole building was uninhabitable. And it turns out we lost everything over there at the carousel. That'd be terrible, wouldn't it? But you know what that would be? Just a detail. Just another situation. Yep, just money. We'll get over it. But man, next time he sees a family walk out of this church, next time he sees a young person slip off into the world and throw their life away, that breaks his heart. Man, Josh is not going to walk in his house someday and find his dad crying bitterly because of the mold situation over at the carousel. The pastor would probably yell a little bit and maybe punch something, but, you know, he, he wouldn't be over there. But, man... Something terrible happens to one of these young people. Something awful happens to a family. Anyone in this church begins to walk away. That will break his heart. Don't let it happen. Don't do that to your pastor. Don't do it even more to yourself and to your Lord. Don't break his heart. Stay faithful to what God has called you to. You know, I saw something recently. Maybe some of you saw it as well as I'm closing now. Uh, There's uh, just somebody mentioned this on a blog. And they talked about how a church, they're a pastor, and they've got a big building program going on, big time thing. And A church member, an older man, came to him in the church, and they were talking for a while. And, and as they ended their conversation, the man simply said to the pastor, he said, I'm all in. I'm all in. And listen, I don't really ever play poker, and I don't, uh, I don't think it's a great thing. I don't think the, it's a wise stewardship of your money, and I certainly think a casino is a very ungodly place to be, but I think the analogy is good. If you're playing poker and you're all in, what, what have you done? You've taken all your chips and you moved them to the center of the table, haven't you? And you have said, I'm going to commit everything to this. I'm not going to hold anything back. Everything I have, I'm putting it in. I'm not going to hold anything back just for me. I'm not going to reserve something just in case. I'm just putting it all in because I believe in this. I think this is something great and I'm going to be a part of it. Listen, my dad taught me from when I was very young. And we went to a few different churches when we were young. And, but my dad taught me something. Wherever we were in a church, to be all in. I mean, just all in. Don't hold anything back. Don't, don't say, well, we'll go when it suits us, and we'll be a part of things that we like, and you know, we'll, for the most part, support it. No, my dad said, we are all in to everything. Is that your attitude here at CBT? I mean, are you just all in, or are you holding something back? Uh, you know, would you be able to tell Pastor Ronald, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm there. Man, whatever, whatever your vision for this church is, I'm all in. And wherever you think God is leading you, I'm all in. And no matter what you think is going to happen here, I'm all in. And you want to help your pastor? Man, make a decision to be all in to what's going on here. Don't hold anything back. And don't say, well, I've got my own opinions about a few things. Man, don't do that. Don't be guilty of gossiping or listening to gossip. Focus on these things. Show loyalty. Seek that connection with your pastor. And then simply stay right. Let's have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, please. As we close tonight. Does that describe you in your life? Are you all in to CBT? Are you? Are you all in to what pastor, to what God has given our pastor, to the vision that God has laid on Pastor O'Donnell's heart? I mean, are you really all in? Are there certain areas that you struggle with a, a few sometimes? Uh, certain things where you're, Maybe a little disloyal. You've had some conversations that you probably shouldn't have had. 
Maybe you're just simply struggling in your own Christian life. You're slipping a little bit. I encourage you. The devil would like nothing more than to shake this church loose. Turn it upside down. Have you prayed for your pastor today? Have you prayed for him this week? Have you asked for God to watch over him, to bless him, to guide him in his life? Lord, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to be here tonight. Thank you for these good folks. I pray that you help us, Lord, as we close our service tonight to, to help our pastor in any way that we can, Lord. Help us to follow your will. Help us to follow your plan for biblical leadership. Thank you for what you're going to do. In your name we pray. Amen. We can all stand as the piano begins to play. Simple message tonight. Practical. Just want to encourage you. Help your pastor. Can I tell you, I, I, I would preach the same message if our pastor wasn't as awesome as he was. Do you understand that? The office of the pastor deserves this respect. The office of the pastor deserves our loyalty, our connection. But we're in a place where we can unreservedly give that to our pastor. Oh, I understand he's not perfect, but some of you may not have any idea how blessed we are with Pastor Obama. His hard work, his love for people. Be thankful for that. Be thankful.